Compliance. It's a word that fills many of us with dread. It's a necessary component of the financial services industry, but why do we feel the need to platinum plate compliance so it seems to stifle creativity and hinder business development? My guest today has made a business out of helping financial advisory and planning firms cope with compliance and regulatory change. And having worked in financial services all over the world, he is well placed to speculate on the future of financial advice in the UK. Listen to his thoughts on how to make compliance easier so that you do what you need to do in order to focus on developing your business. Hear how he thinks financial advice might develop in the UK in the future. That's all right here in episode 18 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Hi, it's Roger Edwards here and you're listening to the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and prepare to be inspired. So let's get started. And today I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest, and he is Phil Billingham. Phil is a specialist in assisting financial advisory and planning firms survive and thrive during periods of regulatory change. He has been an active commentator, speaker, writer, trainer, and consultant in this field since 1982. During this time, he's worked with organizations and regulators in the United Kingdom, the USA, Ireland, Australia, and South Africa. He's both a certified and chartered financial planner. And recently, along with colleagues, Phil is accredited for a world record for visiting 18 countries in 24 hours for charity and thus raising £13,000. Phil, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thank you. Every time I get that introduction, it reminds me how old I am, but thank you for that, Roger. (laughs) So, before we move on to our main discussion today, let's find out a little bit about yourself, Phil. So, tell everybody a little bit about your background, where you came from, how your career developed, so that we can get to know you and find out a little bit about what makes you tick. I think like most people my age, I I came into financial services by accident. Uh, It was the the 82 recession, uh, no qualifications in Birmingham. So joined direct sales commission only. The the induction program was there's a rate book, there's Birmingham, come back when you've sold something. And and I sort of stayed in it. And and in fact, until very recently, my mother was still waiting for me to get a proper job. Um, (laughs) I think she's given up on that now. So I went through the usual direct sales, um, direct sales management training and found that um, I was quite good at, at, at understanding and, and communicating regulation in a, in a fairly commercial manner, so stayed in consulting, and then had an opportunity to live and work in the States for a while and looked at the role of regulation and distribution there, which was good fun. And so I've been involved in, in that sort of field with a view to, to seeing what best practice and, in fact, very bad practice in some cases looks like overseas. And I'm lucky enough now to do to wear two hats, one of which is uh, working with some really great firms, helping them just to be a bit better and deal with regulation in a commercial and pragmatic way, but uh, to work in a, in a, what I would call a proper financial planning firm with my wife, who, uh, don't tell her, but is a much better planner than I am. So my <laughs> yeah. role is, is to make her life easier 
and I get to, to do it for real. I still get to look after the old client, but not very many these days. But as I say, my job is supporting my wife here and helping to grow this business. And your business is the Phil Billingham Partnership, and you offer a combination of regulatory advice, business management advice, and as you say, you know, holistic financial planning. Um, how long has, uh, has the partnership been been going? The partnership is, is actually separate to the financial planning business. The, the partnership it was really a vehicle. I left, um, I was head of business consultancy at 360 for, for about three years and I left there almost two years ago. And uh, it's just been a vehicle to, to work through. So it's been a, a relatively new vehicle. The financial planning business is five years old last month. And where did the uh, inspiration come from for creating a, a, a partnership that would offer the regulatory and, and the business advice? I, th- I think it's understanding that it's it's how the business model operates that it's very hard in any business to operate one system to operate two is almost impossible and too often i saw businesses that where the business process and new business was dominant and frankly compliance was then just a tick box and a fig leaf and i think not only have we seen the result of those operations we're still paying the compensation scheme levy uh, for a lot of those operations and other businesses where they're hugely compliant but but frankly really struggling to make an income uh, and a living and taking on much more risk as a liability and for very little return and the, the process is one of uh, almost sclerosis of, of the arteries it's so clogged up and I think as we were d- discussing off air the UK unfortunately and is well known for this around the world has a very bad habit of, uh, I think, as you said, platinum coating regulation. And what happens is the regulator comes out with a certain level, let's call it level two, on a scale of one to ten. Somebody externally says, well, you might want to look at this as a level three just to be careful. And then somebody internally says, well, perhaps a four or five would be better because, you know, if it goes wrong, it's my neck on the line. And then by the time an external consultant says, well, this would be a good idea because I saw Fred down the road doing it, it's a seven or an eight. And and the the poor advisor is is trying to work out how, how he can possibly give any advice to Mr. To Mrs. Uh, above average, and and if anything's been responsible for the pricing out of good quality advice to the mass affluent, I would suggest that regulatory creep is part of it. So my passion, I guess, and and is is to how do you how do you work that? How do you make the system default compliant from the first to the last? How do you have a proper process that's profitable and adds value where you can give advice? You're not scared of the bogeyman living under the bed that's the regulator and and. You know, I'm not saying I've been massively successful of that and you just have to read the pinks to see that, but hopefully work with good firms that can do that and be be a bit happier places. Do you remember when we used to have fun, Roger? Oh, I do. Do you remember those days? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Go back to those days. I think this uh, is such an an interesting concept that you're talking about here, and I fully agree with what you're saying, and that the the platinum plating of of compliance rules and regulation is something that I've experienced in my role within a financial uh, services provider, as well as some of the consultancy work I've done since I've left. And and again, I've seen that where even if you write something that's relatively 
uh, innocuous copy that might not even be a product promotion. By the time so many different people have, have got their hands on it, the original creativity of that article or, or sales aid or brochure or whatever it might have been will have been completely diluted and papered over with management speak and, and passive sentences to to the extent that it almost becomes unusable and unreadable. And I just wonder whether we've, we've inadvertently created, because of this platinum plating, almost like a, a culture of fear, not only amongst financial advisors, but also amongst product providers, that we, we, we have taken the fun out of it to a certain extent. We're scared of having fun because we don't want somebody to come along and put their hand on our shoulder and feel our collar for getting something wrong. And, and actually, if we could strip it right back, and to use your analogy, go right back and say, no, look, all we need to do is, is to comply this at level two, then the stuff that we produce, be it marketing material, advert, sales aids, would be so much more consumable by our clients, I would have thought. Um, and and I, I agree. And, and the problem is, is, is the saying is, I think, that uh, uh, hard cases make hard law. The nature of regulators, and be, the, be this the Inland Revenue or, or, or the FSA or the FCA, is they feel that if they've relaxed and somebody's then driven a coaching horses through and taking advantage and something's gone wrong, then then they, they not only close the stable door, they lock it, barricade it uh, and weld it shut. And that makes life difficult for the rest of us who just try to do an honest job. And, and, I, and I would suggest that's the overwhelming majority of people. So you do get the odd idiot making life very difficult for the majority. And at the end of the day, it, I think we have perhaps not always got as a as a profession and industry, and I'm going to include advisors and providers in this, that whilst we have a, a we're, we're basically anoraks and we have a love of complexity. For consumers, complexity is the worst thing in, in the world. They they don't know and they don't want to know. We could spend more time simplifying things. You know, I read something the other day that there's 14 times more funds now than there were 20 years ago, and I, I've got to say, well, why do we need 14 times more funds? We we just don't. A day doesn't go by, I don't get an email that some fund group has opened a new fund for a new fund manager. I'm thinking, well, that's nice for him, but wouldn't it be nice to, to, to build a new fund for the public and make it simple? Um, so I think it's easy to make simple stuff compliant and user-friendly and understandable so the consumers can give their informed consent and, and then, in the words of the late great David Norton, cheerfully pay our fees. I think we've, we've perhaps fallen in love with complexity, and then we try to comply complexity for Mr. and Mrs. Average. And uh, I'm not sure we've had a lot of success with that, you know, Roger. I really, no. I, I agree. And, and obviously, with my background mainly in the protection <laughs> market, we we have got some extremely complicated products. And then I agree with you again. Actually, I've been doing quite a bit of research and uh, investigation into the fund management. And I did fund management years and years and years ago, but the breadth of what's available is, is, is really quite staggering. And, you know, the man on the street, the amount of choices available for them must be bewildering. And even with a really good advisor behind them, trying to find their way through that maze and that complexity is, is, a, is a really challenging prospect. And something simple must, must, be, must be a way forward. What, what advice would you give to, to an advisor who is 
perhaps feeling a little bit either concerned or, or fearful, dare I use that word, of regulation and is perhaps producing his own content for his website. What advice would you give to people in that situation that to go ahead and produce something nice and simple? I think that, that there, it's two strands to this. I think, first of all, the, the first thing I would do is, um, as was done by a firm that I did some work with, funny enough, in South Africa, when they introduced TCF there, and one woman said, we've got this crap, what we've do, we introduced is the mum test. So I said, go on, tell me about the mum test. And the mum test basically was where they got her mother, who knows nothing about financial services, to read everything, and anything she didn't understand, they rewrote until she did understand it. And, and frankly, I think that's an absolutely brilliant example of let's write stuff for real people not for the anoraks, dare I say the compliance people. It does then have to be compliant. There are rules and the rules are there generally for clients' protection and I think sometimes we disparage the rules and we don't always understand that perhaps the message we're setting out to clients is that we, we we're trying to do a work with their protection. But I think there it's, it's important for firms to build a partnership and look for compliance people who understand and are sympathetic to the business model and advice model. It's very easy to say no. I think what we need is more compliance people say, well, that's not going to quite work, but if you do it this way, this will work better uh, and can be a bit more management jargon, uh, proactive or creative or, or pragmatic or commercial or pick your word who can actually work with you to try to get an outcome. I think those are the two things I've seen work and work, dare I say it, very well. I love that analogy, the mum test. I'm going to steal that with glee. <laughs> uh, I think, again, another another opportunity is, I've seen it done before, is you, you'll put it, put it in front of a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old and let them just dissect it from their simple point of view without the, the world weariness that the rest of us have. What I'd like to do is to sort of get us a bit on track and, and, and talk about today's main discussion. And, and, and this is where we talk about on the Empath podcast, we talk about a business model or a product launch or a marketing campaign. But I think today, given your experience from financial services regimes across the world and your business development and regulatory experience, we're going to really talk about the future of financial advice what what's your what's your feeling where is it going in the uk and i think it's going in in the whole world i think to be too too not to be too grand about it but i actually believe strongly that we are at a point that we look back and see as the the formation of of two different professions from the current industry stroke profession and there's a lot of overlap between the two um that historically and i'll put my hand up to this we were salesmen we were product distributors you guys made them we sold them uh, and hopefully the public ended up with the right product at the right time and they died and, and the, they paid out to the family uh, and and guess what clients needs haven't changed they either live too long or die too soon they're, they're, nothing's changed there and along the way we got impossibly complicated and, and i think that's because we've got two professions we've got a what i would call the pharmacist uh, model where they're highly paid, regulated, qualified, all of those great things. But ultimately, we know that if you go into Boots, they get paid a commission, use that horrible word, for selling you aspirin or um, suntan lotion or that, that, that cream for that annoying itch, uh, whatever the case may be. And guess what? If you ask somebody in a white coat behind the counter, they're probably going to give you half-decent advice and say, actually, I'd use this one. And if you're taking that uh, antibiotic, you shouldn't take this because they know what they're doing. And um, they're very valuable and we trust them. And I think that's a, that's a great 
analogy, but I have heard them described as the highest uh, paid shopkeepers in the world, um, which may or may not be true. The other split, the other profession, if you like, the, the, the flip side of that particular coin or mirror image is our doctors who are there to look after us, look after our best needs, and uh, not be biased about what product, though there may be a product, but the product may be, guess what, stop eating, stop drinking so much, uh, get some exercise, and no, don't worry, that's just a, just a scratch, it's not cancer. You know, there's often not a product involved in the solution to the particular problem, but sometimes there is. And But if you look back 150 years, these were two... These two very different professions now, and we take that for granted. Um, and we would hate the thought of our doctor being paid a commission on the products they sold. That would, I don't know about you, but that would scare me absolutely witless. Um, but 150 years ago, these people were the same people. But they, they've become two different professions that talk to each other. I just wonder if we go in the same way, do you know, Roger? I think that's, that's something that a lot of the conflict that we see on the blogs and on the pages and at conferences, is that what are you for? Who who do you represent? Our firm, we are firmly independent financial planners. We represent the client. We're only paid by the client. It's really simple. We don't accept any incentives. We don't go to corporate stuff. We're really boring um, in that sense. But we have a very clear uh, path and a very clear way of getting paid. Other people do a brilliant job on distributing product and selling product, and, and the right product to the right person does a, does a good job, and that's fine as well. I don't see that we need to fight each other in order to establish value for each other's professions. That's quite an interesting analogy. I've not really thought of it like that before. Um, and do you see this pattern? Has, it, has this already become established in other countries than the, the places you visited or, or is the UK unique in, in splitting into these two different camps? Not unique. Um, you can see starts of it in, in, in America. If you look at NAPFA, uh, the, the Fioni planning group, uh, they were using the Charles Stanleys and, and others a long time ago, almost 20 years ago when I was over there. And, and they were very clear that they didn't take product. Um, uh, and I've met since met planners in the UK who don't literally didn't have an agency, just gave advice and didn't physically have an agency and couldn't transact products. So there are pockets of uh, good examples. And when I see markets moving, uh, and South Africa at the moment I think is a good example where they're moving quite rapidly from um, what, what those of us who have been around for a little while would recognise as an 80s broker model towards what we've got in the UK. Um, it, it does throw the pace of change there has thrown this this potential conflict up very sharply, uh, and they're having to wrestle that in in, in a in an economy that struggles to be a first and third world economy at the same time. So there are particular issues there. Uh, Australia has been part way down this route. I know they keep telling us they went through RDR 150,000 years ago and all the rest of it, but um, and and then they're not quite there to be truthful, but they. Where there is a truth is they, they have developed some of the tools and wraps and things like that that we've, we've, you know, Transact obviously came out of that, for example. And, and they have got a very sophisticated financial planning profession, but they've also got a very active uh, product sales industry there as well. And those two are, are as different and chalked as cheese. I get, I get emails and see stuff from both of those camps, if you like, and, and the language could not be more different. And when we were talking earlier about 
regulation and compliance, you made the statement which I agree with about we are almost alienating a section of society in the way that we, we operate with our language and with our complexity. Which of these two models, the, the doctor analogy and the pharmacist analogy, do you see will become the dominant one? And are we going to take care of that section of society if we continue along this path? Most people's needs are very simple and, frankly, simple products and, and, and things will get there. You're either going to die, you know, die too soon, in which case you need protection, which is, I know, your background, very, very important, or, or you need to put money aside where you and the, and the taxpayer can't let lend they uh, stick your little fingers on it so you, you, you've got enough money in retirement. Um, and that's a noble goal, which the Chancellor's working very hard to undo at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and, and so that could be product. You know, that could be very simple decision trees. Are you saving money? No. Well, do so. Uh, are, are, have you got a family? Yes. Have you got debts? Yes. Are you insured? No. Well, get your act together. You know, it doesn't take a 150-page report uh, and, and 40 meetings to come to those very simple conclusions. But, you know, and you can almost do it at the, tes- at the checkout in Tesco's. You know, why... Why can they give you cash back in Tesco's or Sainsbury's and not say, oh, Mr. Billingham, you know, we noticed you haven't topped your ISA up this month. Would you like to top up your ISA? Uh, it's the same technology. Um, they know all about me already from my loyalty cards. Apparently, they keep sending me vouchers for wine and cheese. So I don't see why they shouldn't know uh, whether I've topped up my ISA or not on a swipe of a card. It's not difficult. And, and it could be done for very, very, very low cost, very, very, very simply indeed. Um, and, and that would be the pharmacy product distribution model. It'd be great. I'd love to see Amazon involved in that. And then those of us who perhaps aspire more to the, to the doctor's uh, side of things, and please, no doctors emailing in explaining how much more complex their training is than mine. I understand that. But those of us who aspire to being uh, more on the diagnosis side, you know, whilst you can put um, arrange a life assurance or put uh, put some money into savings in, in the checkout Tesco's. What you can't do is work out what you're going to do for your second family or uh, trusts or all of that area, which, which you need you need to know what you're doing. You know, this, 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 there is genuine complexity in this. People's lives are not simple. And the days of of, of, of mum and dad and 2.2 kids and mum staying at home and one family and, and, and dad has a job for life. Those days are well well behind us now. And there is complexity in people's lives, and they do need people who can help work them through that complexity. And I'd like to think that's what we do. So I, I, I do see that as splitting. But we've got to stop disparaging the product sales side. We've got to make product sales more accessible. Um, it's, it's, I don't see Tesco's or Amazon sold ISAs that that would be a threat to our financial planning practice, frankly. I agree with you. And... I love the analogy again about the cashback. That is so insightful because, you know, everybody gets asked that question. Now, crikey, even if you go to the self-service checkout, it'll ask you if you want cashback. <laughs> so it's not even a human being asking you if you want cashback. So why shouldn't they ask you a few questions that say, um, as you said, have you got family? Have you got debt? Are you insured? If not, why not? And here's a hundred thousand pounds of basic life insurance. And it would have to be simple. You wouldn't be able to be on, you wouldn't be able to ask. 32 underwriting questions or whatever like that but what they aren't going to ask you at the till is and and what would the implications be on your IHT situation here and and should that be put under trust so I can see how the two might coexist because if if you've got the, the, the pharmacists selling the basics and then the doctors 
giving you the, uh, the, the, the holistic advice on top of that, it, it, it could work together. There's a, lot to be, there's a lot to be said for this analogy. I think there's, a lot of, there's probably a book in this, Phil. You probably need to write a book about it. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of customer focus, and, and we're not particularly good at customer focus in the industry again. But if we continue with this model of, 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 of product sellers and financial planners, pharmacists versus doctors, how can we make that more consumer focused and, and really engage with our customers rather than perpetuate this sort of almost uh, distrust that exists between customer and financial company and financial advisor? I think perhaps let's start talking about the problems they've actually got rather than the ones we, we wish they had. By that, I think we like the complexity of IHT planning. Most survey after surveys is most people actually are not that bothered. And, and how would they do it, give money away? And it's, 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 it's complex. Um, but if you ask people, if anything happened to you and you didn't come home tonight, would you like your family to live in the same house and eat the same food and go to the same school? And the answer is probably yes, right, well, have this. I don't, I don't see what's wrong with, with, with stuff alongside the overdrafts and mortgages. That, so it's a self-cancelling overdraft or a self-cancelling mortgage. It's 1% more or it's, you know, it's a bit more, but if anything happens to you, the mortgage is paid off automatically. The, the overdraft is paid off, and whether that's on a personal level or whether it's on a company level for that matter. I think we can package things that directly focus on what the, the client needs and really simple to operate. We, you know, we're, uh, well, that mobile phone people, I'm looking at um, uh, an old Nokia right now. I operate a bank account in South Africa and it operates through text um, a lot of the time. And I tried getting a smartphone. Do you know the smartphone was so clever I couldn't operate my bank account? And I actually <laughs> go back to a Nokia because it, it does a couple of things really well. Um, I love my Kindle. It does one thing really well. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I think complexity sometimes for the sake of complexity. I think using technology, I love my iPod, um, uh, but it, it does that thing brilliantly and it's intuitive. Uh, I have this real man affliction that if, uh, if, I, if I have to look up the instructions, it's badly designed. And I think it, it should be the same with what we do, particularly protection. We could put the small print in, in 100 point font, never mind 20 point font. And, and it's very simple. If you die, we pay your family. No ands, ifs, buts. You know, let's, let's get away from the caveats and the cleverness and the, all the complexity. You know, let's just get people engaged that they have real problems that we can really help to solve. So if we continue with the, the, the pharmacist doctor analogy, mm. and, and obviously there are people listening to the uh, um, Empath podcast today who are product providers, there are people listening who will probably fall into that pharmacist category, and there are people who will fall into that doctor's category. What's the one big idea that you would like the listeners of the Empath podcast today to take away from the experiences that you've had with regulation and, and financial planning and business development across the world, Phil? Globalisation consumer consumerism and the power consumer is here to stay fighting it we've wasted a lawful lot of time and emotional energy and headspace particularly in the advisor population in the uk in fighting regulation and that then comes down to um, how can i compliance this case um, it comes down to detail i'm going to do it and then i'm going to compliance it afterwards and you can't do that you, you 
you, you, you couldn't manufacture a car and then afterwards go, oh, I wonder how we meet emission standards. You know, you can't do that. You have to build it from the ground up. You have to re-engineer and you have to go back to the to build it from the ground up. Simply saying, oh, this is what I did in the 80s when I started the business. We'll, we'll do the same thing, uh, but we'll, we'll put a compliance coat of paint on it now. Um, I think we've just got to be brave enough to say, do you know what? The world is different. Well, we'll the way we run our lives is now different. Uh, if you look back over the last 20 years, how different are our lives? We couldn't have had this conversation 20 years ago. People didn't go to the countries they went to, they go to now. Um, you know, our lives are different beyond anything. We eat different foods, we watch different TV programs if we don't watch TV at all. Um, but you look at a lot of advisory businesses and the model hasn't changed. And you look at compliance practice and that hasn't changed iota. And I'm on my 10th UK regulator now. So the big idea is, is just can you write down, can, should we write down the business, the industry we want to be in in 5, 10, 15 years' time? And yes, I still will be around. And, and then let's design that business. Let's design that business we want to be proud of then. And, and it doesn't involve tick boxing. It doesn't involve silly little compliance things um, and, and stupid little hashtag add on on Twitter accounts. I mean, that's just nonsense, frankly. Um, it, it's got, we've got to be much more brave and much more creative than that. Um, that's my call. That's, if we want to call to action, that's my call to action. Let's, let's imagine the business we all want to be proud of being in, in 10 years' time. And let's not be frightened of regulation and frightened of compliance. Let's not platinum and plate it. Let's continue to be creative and let's deliver something which, as you say, solves the problems of our customers in a simple, easy-to-understand way. Whether we are a pharmacist or a doctor, let's give them something that they can understand and they can benefit from. Phil, it's been fascinating to talk to you about uh, this really interesting subject. And what I always like to do at the end of the Empath podcast is to have a quick fire round of business questions. Are you happy to stay for a few more moments just to go through those? Yeah, go on, let's do it. So let's start with the one thing that you would change about the financial services industry. If somebody gave you the proverbial magic wand, what would you change? Jargon. What's the one business model, product campaign, or marketing campaign that's caught your attention in the last year? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. I'm, I'm going to be a bit boring. Go back to the financial planning model. A, a real. I've been in business 32 years, and I remember the light bulb that went off in my head on my second day of doing my CFP fast track, where I actually got the certified financial planning model and the six steps. And it just works. It's so consumer-focused. It's such a great business model. And I think we, people write it off and get think it's cash flow and it's this and it's the other. It's not. It's this brilliant, brilliant, brilliant client-focused model. And if more people just, just used that model and slowed it down, um, I think we'd all do a lot better, particularly consumers. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your life and or your business. I'm not the most uh, technological person in the world. I guess my 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 I'm going to say my my Kindle. Uh, it goes everywhere with me. I, I spend much more time on planes and in hotel rooms and waiting rooms than all the rest of it than I than I would like. And, and my Kindle is a constant source of, of pleasure and delight. I've, I love reading, and my Kindle's fantastic. Then leading on from that, Phil, what's the best business book that you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. 
Um, going, uh, um, going it alone, Jeff Birch. Um, it's just absolutely hilarious. Very, very funny. Very, very simple, but scarily accurate. And that describing that that first step that we all made when you start off alone and the scariest thing you have to do of of hiring somebody whose wages you've got to pay and and what that process looks like and the difference between being self-employed and actually running a business and and how to defend yourself against all the sharks out there actually you know they just want your money um it's a book that i do go back and reread he's he's a brilliant writer he's a great speaker uh, got a lot of time for Jeff. Uh, you can get get a bit weird sometimes, but that's one of his strengths. As always, I'll link to your favourite book. I'll also link to your contact details in the show notes for the podcast. And you can find the show notes for the podcast at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath. And before we go, Phil, tell everybody how indeed they can contact you, whether that's on LinkedIn, Twitter, email, and of course, your website. Twitter is at um, Phil Billingham. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, website is www.philbillingham.org or www.perceptiveplanning.co.uk. Um, email, fill out either of those two and, or just Google me. Phil, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's very rare that you can come across somebody who can have an interesting and actually quite enlightening conversation about regulation and compliance, but I actually feel that we had that today. Let me wish you every success in the future, and I hope to catch up with you at some industry event soon. That'd be great. You take care. Thanks for this, Roger. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast, also known as the Empath Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath for links to the apps and books and topics we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a comment. If you are a provider, advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model that you want to talk about, do please get in touch. I'd be delighted to have you as a guest on the Empath Podcast. And before we go, just to remind you that nothing that my guests and I talked about on the show is intended to be financial advice of any kind. It's just our thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.